These are the things I learned during the 46th week of 2010, November 14th through November 20th. November 14th. Lava in Minecraft apparently isn't permanent. If you send it down a hill, it goes away. This was most likely a glitch at the time. Minecraft was still in active development. I believe it was still in alpha at this point. When you would conjure up lava and send it down a hill, the originating block that normally stays there forever would not remain there forever. And this is obviously not the intended behavior of the game, especially not in its current form. It's not realistic, yes. It's within the physics boundaries of the game, where if you place water or lava, there is one originating block that you can pick up and move. I can safely say a decade later, this is no longer the behavior in the game. November 15th. The Ubuntu Live CD does not like IMAX. Based on the date and time of this thing learned, the version of Ubuntu released at the time would have been Maverick Meerkat. It would have been one of the final releases before they changed basically everything in the Ubuntu world to use the Unity UI. In a way, you could say this was probably one of the last releases that was focusing on the classical UI environment for Ubuntu before they changed up mostly everything. It was 2010, and the world was changing in terms of netbooks and mobile computing and all that. It was all just moving so very quickly. And apparently, the live boot environment for this particular Ubuntu flavor did not work on Macs. There's probably a number of reasons this was the case. Apple tends to lock down its bootloader based on the Macs released at the time. Unfortunately, I didn't know which Mac model this was specifically in terms of the iMac, but it may not have allowed you to boot it into a live recovery environment. It is possible the Ubuntu OS was not capable of reading the HFS Plus file system, which is the Mac OS file system of the time. There's a whole bunch of reasons this probably didn't work. November 16th. Some stuff about old computers. Yay, YouTube. I listened to a lot of video blog things where it was usually just a person going through his computer collection and just talking about it. Nowadays, it's dime a dozen. There's tons of people who do that. But in 2010, YouTube was still not super creative focused. You would just find whatever you found, and there was one particular person I would watch who was actually native to the state I live in, and he lived just maybe an hour or two away from me, and he would just go through his computer collection at work and at home, and it was just a nice little pleasant experience, and you learned a lot of things along the way, particularly with old 8- and 16-bit computers from the 80s and 90s. It's really great just general background video content that you can watch where you don't necessarily have to put your full attention into, but when you do, it is very worthwhile to you. November 17th. Apple Education Pricing. I was an undergraduate college student at the time, looking to replace my old netbook, which was an MSI Wind U100. This particular netbook was serving me well for light web browsing and note-taking from class to class, but it was starting to show some signs of failure in its battery. It just couldn't last much more than maybe two to three hours on a good day, and even less than that if I was pushing it hard. 
it was basically indicating that I needed a better mobile PC or Mac to use during class that could last much longer than two to three hours, particularly on days where I would leave the dorm at, say, 7.30 in the morning and not come back till five or six at night, and I may not necessarily have access to a charger in the lecture halls or classrooms. After careful consideration, I was looking into other netbooks and Macs, and it took me down the road of Apple education pricing and discounts for students and educators. This will be touched upon in a future episode, but I did eventually go with a Apple laptop for my needs, and I did indeed utilize the Apple education pricing. That is also to say, I used the Apple education pricing for not only personal use, but for when I was the server administrator at the TV station for a fully Mac-based environment, where we were looking into upgrading from our PowerPC IBM hardware-based Macs to new Intel Macs. We would also be eligible for the education discount if we went down that path, which we ultimately did later on. November 18th, 2010. Playing the keyboard, memorizing hand positions, this may have been in preparation for the upcoming Rock Band 3, which was to be released about a week and a half later from this very date. I was preparing to plug a MIDI-compatible keyboard into an adapter, which would then plug into the Xbox, that of which you could utilize to play Pro Keys in Rock Band 3, a brand new experience that was not previously in the first two games. As a side note, I had previously learned keyboard in middle school, but it was one of those cases where I didn't use the knowledge and I lost it. So this was more of a relearn from long ago, but applied in a whole new and fun manner. It's really too bad that keyboard support was removed entirely from future Rock Band games after Rock Band 3. Oh well. November 19th. Despite waking up at 1pm, it could still feel like a very long day. Okay, so this was a bit of a fluff entry in the Things Learned Chronicle. It was probably a day where I had a chance to sleep in till late, but would end up having a very busy schedule that started later on in the day. Looking back, this probably would have been one of the semesters where I just had classes that were at night as opposed to morning, which led to the typical college kid sleep schedule, which was stay up till 3 a.m. and wake up at 1 p.m. and do a bunch of stuff, repeat until the semester is over. And lastly, November 20th, how to reset the PRAM on a Mac. This is an interesting fix in the Mac world that tends to solve a lot of strange problems that couldn't be resolved via any other means. Resetting the PRAM is basically a way to get your Mac to forget a bunch of things that it was doing wrong in the random access memory and just kind of give itself a moment to flush its brain out and start anew. You can also reset things like the SMC in a Mac, which would reset the fan controls. Not necessarily as robust as resetting the PRAM though, which can solve a lot of strange issues like maybe your hard drive is just not spinning correctly, the cache is messed up, random unexplainable graphics issues or input problems, maybe sound or webcam not working or a port not working. All of this has to do with things on the motherboard and flowing through the random access memory on the Mac. Resetting the PRAM would flush a lot of the caches 
and start from square zero. You can also reset it multiple times to reset the SMC on certain Mac models. Over the years, this became more or less a default method of troubleshooting for a lot of Macs. And that concludes the things that I learned during the 46th week of 2010. Thank you very much for listening. If you thought this content was worthwhile, please feel free to subscribe and leave a rating if you feel it deserves it. Thank you very much. Talk to you soon.